Hey everyone, I'm Jen Alberg and welcome to the Key Academy podcast. The Key Academy is my coaching business where myself and coaches focus on health, performance, and longevity. I've spent the last 12 years coaching people how to optimize health and performance, and this podcast is an attempt to synthesize what I've learned over the years to help you live a higher quality or more fulfilling life. If you enjoy this content or have questions that you want covered, click the show notes to find out how to learn more from me. All right. So I just got done doing a podcast on diet sodas because I get that question a lot. Um, and another question I get is around, actually, it's it's less of a question. I get I get a lot of people that tell me that they're going sugar free and I don't, I don't think people understand sugar very well and it's a, it's a super complex subject. So as an example, non-nutritive sweeteners versus sugars, there are, there are over 200 names uh, in combination of these two and they, they all act on our bodies a little bit differently. So I want to, I want to take some of the main ones that you, you would see and I want, I want to try to help you understand the the differences and some of the positive and negatives. I get a lot of questions about which ones break fasts, uh, which ones are carcinogenic, and and so on and so forth. So, so I think it's best that I start to talk about sugar first. Um, I don't I don't love talking about sugar because it's it's just really poor nomenclature. Because it's almost never specified when somebody just says sugar-free. If there are 200 different kinds of sugars, then you can't really go sugar-free. Uh, and I know, I know that people aren't, aren't claiming to, but I also want them to understand the, the differences, differences between them. So sugars. So there's glucose, fructose, galactose, sucrose, allulose. I, I could go on. And they're all sugars, and, and we lump them into the same category, but they're all very different metabolically. The two that we care most about are glucose and fructose because they're in they're in the simplest forms of sugars. Both are actually the same chemical compound, except that there's one difference. Both have six carbons. It's just that uh, glucose is a six-carbon ring and fructose is a five-carbon ring with a one-carbon kind of hanging out the side. That one difference is where the, the carbon is on the equation that makes it completely different on our body which like if you pause for a second and think about that how amazing that is is it's the same chemical compound except the carbon is on a a one one to the right and it does something completely different metabolically in our body it's just it's amazing how intricately we are made uh glucose uh glucose is not sweet fructose is sweet so as rice or oats are being broken down into its smallest form there's no sweetness there unless you add something to it so that there that means there's no fructose so it is all glucose the minute you add sweetness to it you'd have glucose plus fructose and as a general rule, you aren't consuming fructose alone. Gluto- glucose you can be consuming alone, but fructose is usually coming along w- with glucose in different percentages. Fructose alone is is too sweet. I think another myth is that all fruit sugars are fructose, and that's that's not the case. The sweeter the fruit, the more fructose there is, for sure. So I think w- when people say... 
uh, sugar. I think they actually mean sucrose, which is a different one, which is it's one molecule of glucose and then one molecule of fructose. And and then you you put those two monosaccharides together and you get a disaccharide. Uh, these are these are your refined sugars. So I think I think when people say I'm going sugar free, I think that they mean they're going sucrose free. Uh, or you know, and I don't I don't ask them that. I just I kind of assume that that's what they mean. Um, which is awesome, by the way. I I don't mean to sound like oh, you have no idea what you're doing. Um, that's that's absolutely great. You know, de- decreasing your refined sugars. So taking out what you say is sugar. Uh, or what I say is sucrose is awesome. And that would mean you are cutting out refined sugars, you know, box and bagged, uh, refined wheats and things like that. It's so to be clear, it's, it's very, it's a very confusing topic. And I understand that. Um, I'm just glad that they're making a step towards taking some of those things out. Uh, as, as an aside, fructose isn't a health food. It's, it's more metabolically damaging than actual sugar. And so I'm just going to put that there and, and leave it because I'd like to talk about added sugar versus naturally occurring sugars. Both have to be listed on a food label. So this is added sugars versus naturally occurring. And I'll come up with examples here. Um, again, both have, have to be lift, listed on the food label. It'll say sugars, fiber, and then it will say added sugars. As an example, um, if you consume dried fruit or if you look at the label of dried fruit, the ingredients are fruit. So like dried pineapple, um, very sweet. The ingredients is are just pineapple. And the sugars per serving is probably, I don't know, you know, 30 to 35 sugars, but it doesn't have any added sugars. And maybe there's a couple grams of fiber in there as well. So that might lull you into thinking that it's naturally occurring so it's so that it's it's healthy for me. But if we compare that to like a can of pop, like a regular soda and and that regular soda also has 30 or 35 grams of sugar. The pop has the 30 grams of sugar, the pineapple has the 30 grams of sugar. The pop has added sugars and the pineapple does not even though they both have the same amount of sugar. So what's the difference here? If the calories are the same and the sugar is the same, are the fruits better somehow? Well, you know, neither one of them is good for us to consume as a general rule. But I think the misconception is that the fruit, the pineapple is the healthier version and the pop is absolutely terrible and you're going to die tomorrow. I'd, I'd like to just submit that the only one positive thing that you would get out of the pineapple is that you're also getting some fiber along with it, as well as a, a few more nutrients. But the insulin response is fairly similar. So let's also try to reconcile a few things here. Things like, you know, orange, eating an orange versus orange juice or smoothies is another big one. With this, I'd like I'd like to explain it by using a couple different variables, density, is one of them. Volume is another one. And then velocity. Um, I'd like to take the the example of a smoothie. So I, I hear people that are very proud of the smoothies that they make every day, but let's dive at that. And then I'll, I'll kind of backtrack on throwing, throwing some shade at them and, and bring it back to a positive too. So here's your smoothie. Um, let's say mixed berries, a cup of mixed berries, a half a banana, 
some collagen because protein, uh, almond milk, and, you know, a fat. So a nut butter or an avocado for the fat. So let's break it down into that density, volume, and velocity. So density uh, is very low. Okay, you've just ground it all up, and so it becomes less dense. Even though the, the shake might be very thick, it is less, less dense than the actual fruit. Next, volume or the quantity. How many calories you're consuming is, is fairly high because, again, you're, you're, you're mixing them all together. But the last thing is velocity, and, and that's really defined as how quickly the sugar makes it into your duodenum and, and how quickly then it gets to your liver. Not just how fast can you drink a smoothie. Um, and this is where the issue is with smoothies. You've increased the velocity of a large amount of calories. Like if you told me to sit down and eat a cup of berries, strawberries, you know, a half of a banana, a half a cup of milk, or a cup of milk, um, a couple tablespoons of almond butter, I wouldn't make it through in a short amount of time. I mean, don't get me wrong, I could eat all of that, but I wouldn't make it through in a short amount of time. And if you give me the smoothie, I could probably drink it in 18 to 20 seconds. So the velocity has changed, and that does change how our body responds and reacts to, to all of that sugar coming in at such a high velocity. And that is negative versus the sitting down and eating all of these foods separately. We are decreasing the velocity. We're increasing the 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 density as well. And then we end up eating a little bit slower. We eat a little bit less during the day um, and we feel a little bit more satiated. So I'm not a huge fan of smoothies. I'm, I am a big fan of protein shakes, um, but taking a smoothie and just putting some collagen in it really doesn't make it a, a protein shake. Um, people that are consuming protein shakes are consuming it because they're, they need to get more protein in their life. And they're usually consuming it with, you know, protein and water or protein and almond milk. Um, you know, very simple because they're they're using it as a supplement, not as a meal. That I'm a huge fan of. All right. So I uh what I really wanted to dive into here was a lot of the non non-nutritive sweeteners and and sugars that are out there. Because I think that they they really do get a bad rep. Um I'm I'm not for living on them whatsoever. I just think that they're you know, they're, they're bastardized almost. So the let's go through the three different categories of them. You've got non-nutritive sweet, sweeteners, then you've got sugar alcohols, and then you've got allulose. So those are kind of the three different categories. So let's start with non-nutritive sweeteners. These don't have calories. And before I even get into them, there's not a shred of evidence showing that they create chronic toxicity. And I don't say that as in I have read every single article out there. It's just the, it the, it is so hard to find. Um, and the stuff that that says that there's some chronic toxicity or even acute toxicity, not super well documented or studied or epidemiological. So um, the non-nutritive sweeteners would be uh, ACE-K, which, and I'm just going to say this right afterwards, um, about fasting. ACE-K probably does not break your fast. Uh, your next one is aspartame, which probably does not break your fast. However, aspartame has has a, um, gosh, what is it? Aspartame has like a cephalic insulin response, and which means that there, there was an increase in insulin, but not in glucose, which uh, means that your 
just thinking about consuming it uh, does turn on your pancreas and create some insulin, even though glucose doesn't increase. So that's why I say aspartame probably doesn't break your fast. Uh, Saccharin is the next one. That one does not break your fast. Uh, Sucralose probably does break your fast. Stevia is the next one, and that probably does not break your fast. Monk fruit probably breaks your fast. Those are kind of the main non-nutritive sweeteners. And again, those are those are non-calorie, those are added sugars, and they're not carcinogenic or or uh, toxic. I am I'm not saying that they're all positive. I'm not telling you to drink them. Again, I am here to give you information. Um, because I will get to later why some people just don't feel good on them, right? Which would be an indicator of maybe you shouldn't drink them, but some people feel just fine on them. Okay. So that first category was non-nutritive. This one is sugar alcohols. Probably doesn't, these probably don't affect, uh, your fast. Uh, but if you are fasting for gut health reasons versus weight loss reasons, then don't consume these. There are three sugar alcohols. Uh, xylitol, erythritol, and sorbitol. They're not super awesome on your gut. If you've had too much of of any of these things in one sitting, you've probably experienced that kind of gut pain almost. So those are sugar alcohols. Again, added sugars. The last one is allulose. This one is actually a sugar. Uh, it's a, it's a molecularly, it's a mirror image of fructose. Uh, think quest bar. They really popularized it. The quest, quest bars and quest shakes and now quest chips and, um, things like that really, uh, did a lot of work with allulose to get it, uh, FDA approved, which was, was great. So those are the three different categories of non-nutritive or added sugars. There's non-nutritive sugar alcohols and then allulose. You'll find those, uh, in anything that's calorie-less and also sweet, you'll find them in that. Um, I wanted to indicate what things break fasts and what doesn't because uh, that's kind of the thing right now and because uh, there's a lot of confusion there. Okay, let's let's start to try to wrap this up. So it really comes down to preference because there's there isn't much, much research showing chronic toxicity or acute toxicity. But, you know, they've been sort of bastardized, like I said, especially like diet sodas. But I think that we're missing something very obvious here. There's a correlation to dieting and non-nutritive sweeteners, of course, because non-nutritive sweeteners don't have calories. And typically, if you're dying, dieting, you're trying to eat less calories. But because one person is dieting, they might be drinking more non-calorie things, but you aren't gaining weight because of the non-calorie things, the non-nutritive sweeteners. You aren't gaining weight because you're consuming sugar alcohols. You're gaining weight because of the the hormones or uh, maybe it's the wrong plan for you or, or maybe you've replaced non-nutritive sweeteners for all of the water that you were consuming and therefore you can't lose weight. Like there are a lot of reasons, but that's not the reason. They, they don't make you fat. Uh, in fact, obesity is more of a carcinogenic than non-nutritive sweeteners are. I think that when people cut out non-nutritive sweeteners, I think that a lot of people feel better for a couple different reasons. Uh, first, maybe it's maybe it was disrupting their gut, and now they can 
absorb nutrients a little bit better. So they just feel more vital and, and, and lively. Um, second, I think there's a psychological component to it when, when they cut it out, there's like a healthy user bias. So they do other things that make them feel better as well. Meaning like, you know, if I'm cutting out my diet Coke, uh, I'm also going to you know, start an exercise plan, or I'm also going to eat better, or that's a healthy user bias. So I think that happens too. Um, and then third, I think uh, timing. I think that people maybe they they're consuming them later in the day, and and there's some caffeine in a lot of them. So maybe they're not sleeping as well. So they take those out, and then they're sleeping better, and they just feel better. So I think there's a lot of healthy user bias with that, uh, along with the the gut. You know, that maybe it was impacting their their gut or how they were able to absorb other nutrients and other foods. So I think that that's why people feel a little bit better. But like I said, there's, there's no evidence of it being awful for you, but I said this on the diet soda one, you, you've got to know you and you've got to really look in the mirror because if they don't make you feel good, you can't, you shouldn't be consuming them. If they don't, if they, if they make you hungrier then you shouldn't be consuming them. If they're more of a reward, I can have a, you know, can of something instead of eating a pie. You know, that's great. Um, I just, I don't think that they need to be ostracized as much as they are. I said this in the last uh, podcast, but I want to reiterate that, that you can find in research, you can find what you want to find. But when you are looking at animal, mostly rodent, research. We've got to look at the dose. When we're giving rodents 10 times their body weight in a non-nutritive sweetener, like something's going to go wrong. But also if we give a rodent 10 times their body weight in fill in the blank, something's going to go wrong, which is the same thing to be true for you. If you consume 10 times your body weight in anything, something's going to go wrong. So a lot of the research is, is, uh, is around that, but we have to correlate it to exactly how we would be consuming it in normal amounts. So with all of that being said, I, I again, want you to have all of the information and I want to, want you to understand the differences between the sugars, uh, what sugar is, that there are different categories of it, the non-nutritive sweeteners that would be on the label as added sugars. Um, and then you can take a look and see what those, what those are and whether or not they break your fast if you're fasting. And then just the difference between sucrose, fructose, glucose. Fructose is sweet. Glucose is not. Uh, usually what you're consuming is a combination of both of those. And if you're going sugar-free, you're usually going sucrose-free, which is a combination of glucose and fructose, uh, which is why somebody going sugar-free can still consume, let's say, a grain, potato, rice, so on, where there's glucose but not fructose. I hope that uh, brings a little bit of clarity to uh, a super complex topic. I usually at the end like to tell, you know, kind of the direction that I'm going to go with the next one, but I have no idea. So uh, stay tuned and just, you know, find out for yourself. Thanks.